since my baby left me, me. You got to do, if we're doing the scene when Spinal Tap are at Elvis Presley's grave, you have to join in out of tune. You have to go me. You just can't me. surprise me with a new intro. Oh, since my baby left me, me, me. me. Now you're going all raga. It's all fucking barbershop. I was inspired to do this today because um, I FaceTimed with uh, my uh, family earlier. And uh, on Mondays, my nieces, who are aged eight and ten, remember the ages because it's important, uh, get new spellings that they have to learn for the week. They get ten words each. Guess who gets regularly seven out of ten of how to spell the hey, words? that's a passing grade here in America. Good it's, on you. It's a passing grade for them in Shitsville as well. But they're eight and ten. Oh. I should be able to spell better. But the next bit is... You have to spell the words and then you have to put them in a sentence. And the eight-year-old, one of the words was perspective. And I said, just write, it's too much perspective. My sister's like, not having that. (laughs) I said, it's a quote from Spinal Tap. My sister, the teacher won't know that. I said, we'll put in brackets from Spinal Tap. That shows a great... Quote it, it, dash, Spinal Tap. Right, this is a new... They haven't got to that level of English yet. She's getting ahead Ah, by by quoting Spinal Tap. That's a good thing. Can we go back to the fact that you just sprung a brand new intro on me and were upset that I didn't know what you were doing? I get it. I've seen Spinal Tap, but I've also seen many of other movies. I expect you to know I don't remember every scene from Spinal Tap. Don't worry. Were you fucking sure? You fucking should. That would be enough perspective. That'll be the next podcast where I watch Spinal Tap again and we break down every single scene. I, uh, by the way, we'll start the podcast properly in a minute. No, we won't. I, um, I once did a, a, uh, one of those radio sessions where you get like some listeners that go to watch an acoustic thing with Alkaline Trio. And uh, you know the band Alkaline yeah. Trio? And, um, but they decided about an hour before that they didn't like acoustics, so they were going to plug some things in. So they basically ended up doing the sound check in front of the 50 competition winners. And I swear I was the only one outside of the two members of Alkaline Trio who were in the room that got this. They said, hey, we, we've changed a few things, so we've just got to do a quick uh, sound check. And then one of them went... Oh, since my baby left me. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. And everyone was like. Everyone was like, is this a new song? They I were don't like, get it. Uh, why are they singing Elvis? I'm like, it's fucking Spinal Tap, you Philistines. And the other one went, me, 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 me. I was like, I couldn't tell you any of their songs they played, but they sound checked mimicking the scene from Elvis Presley's grave from Spinal Tap. Greatest band ever. Yeah. Now, you might say that uh, the fact that 50 people in that room didn't understand that joke reference was enough for me to not expect you to understand it starting this podcast. But no, I expect better, Jeremy. I'm sorry. I quit. (sighs) All right. Now we're going to (laughs) start. Oh, well, I've, I think we've been entertaining so yeah, far. That was a good five minutes. <laughs> Should we just end it? Like forever. We're never doing another episode. It's not going to get better than this. Many of my favorite TV shows, you know the shows that have the little intro kind of setting up the story before the theme kicks in? Right. When they got to the peak of their powers or they were running out of script ideas, those intros used to go long. <laughs> like I used to like it when the intro was so long that you didn't even get to the theme until after the first ad break. All of a sudden, 12 minutes into the episode, you're like, why am I still seeing credits rolling at the bottom? <laughs> we're like five scenes in at this point. Okay, this is uh, Did You America Season 2 episode. You should know Spinal Tap better. I literally counted over the weekend. I don't want to know. I I don't want to know. I literally forgot how many episodes. I would rather you remember Spinal Tap better than knowing the amount of episodes. I thought about writing it down, and I thought... I'm going to remember this. It's not like I'm a huge pothead with terrible memory. Right, yeah. It's not like you're a huge pothead who went to Colorado over the weekend and sneaked weed into his 80-year-old granddad's house. Well, not his house. We had a hotel, but it, yeah, I did sneak weed into there. Good news, guys. I was a little afraid of where I was going to get weed or if I'd have the time to find weed while with my 80-year-old grandpa. There was literally two dispensaries. One across from my hotel and one right next door to my hotel. Surely Colorado is one of the easiest places to find weed. I didn't think, but here's the thing is I didn't know where we were going to go. I knew that we weren't going into Denver. We were going into a town, like a suburb outside of Denver that he used to live in. So like he knows it very well. And I figured it was going to be like the area he lives now, kind of like secluded and closed off and like 
old and conservative. Like his neighborhood where he lives now, I think there might be one dispensary in the whole entire town. So I was, you know, I don't know the lay of the land there, but I did find my supply and I, my grandpa must think that I am an absolute workaholic because back in the day, you know, if I needed a second to step outside, I'd just say like, oh, I'm gonna go smoke a cigarette. I don't have that excuse anymore. He knows I quit. So every time I'd be like, oh, I have a call from work. I got to go take this. I probably did that 50 times in the three days. <laughs> but yeah, overall, it was, uh, it was a good weekend. I, uh, the issue is, I kind of, oh, I was so excited. You know, the, the cliched term, kid in the candy store, absolutely applied to me this weekend. I went a little crazy and maybe overpurchased a little bit so. was it was it because every it's just everything's legal in colorado weed wise so i'm assuming it, it is literally like a candy store of there's gummies and chocolate and fruit juices and this absolutely and that, right yeah, yeah. Right? they have all the all the normal treats and then right in the middle is you know the actual plant the flower that you can purchase i feel like it's like um Asking for something in Colorado that doesn't have weed in it is like asking for the sugar-free option of anything here, exactly, right? Sugar's right, in right, everything, yeah. and you have to go really specialist. Like, sugar-free is available, but it's not high up the menu. The worst part, though, was when the trip was over and we were going to the airport, I still had stuff left over that I didn't know what to do with. So, you know, again, I'm with my grandpa, and there was a storm coming in. He had to drive back to where he lives in Colorado, which was like an hour and a half away. So he comes in, he's like, hey, I'm going to take you to the airport three hours early because I got to hit the road. So, I'll, you know, I'm not an eight-year-old driving through a freaking storm. Yeah. So I was like, all right. Did you say, I, I got some stuff to help you with your I, eyesight? I was like, well, Grandpa. It was a weed to, joke. I got it. I was trying to get blazed out in the corner <laughs> and he wouldn't let me that. So he, uh, uh, I was forced to put the stuff in my backpack and go to the airport and try to figure it out there. Luckily... Colorado, you know, it's it's not exactly hard to hide the fact that you're smoking weed. So I found a little corner secluded by the airport and I finished off what I had. The only issue was I this doesn't happen to me a lot, but I got a little too high going into the airport and like Afro man high literally. And that is not a great place to be way too high. So. I smoked down this joint in record time because, you know, my brother was waiting for me. We had to get into the airport. So I finished it. And I get in. All of a sudden, I realize, oh, no, I still have an edible in my backpack. <laughs> now, as I just told you, I housed this joint and I was way too high to now eat this very strong edible on top of it. So in my very high mind, I thought, let me take it through security. <laughs> but... Of course, you know, that, here's the thing. Is the Colorado airport, for anyone who has been to Denver International Airport, it is, people sneak weed through there all day, every day. It would have been very easy. They don't even have the cool, like, rotating full body scan uh, metal detectors. Like, they just have the old school one that just says, like, if you have a gun or a knife on you. Right. So I very well could have just put the candy bar in my pocket and walked on through. But that's not what a way too high person does. A way too high person goes and buys a different candy candy bar goes into the bathroom undoes the one candy bar throw <laughs> out the old candy bar put the new candy bar into that wrapper and wrap it back up so i can safely go through security <laughs> now this is like <laughs> again all i had to do was either a eat the candy bar b throw it out because i was already too high or just simply stick it in my backpack because it's colorado and they're not going to care if someone has a freaking candy bar in their backpack mm -hmm. i then started overthinking other things as well while i was there here's the thing do i really look like a fat walter becker can yeah. i lose more weight i have one i'm not a skinny leslie west you know, people have really weird habits when they're flying. I don't like flying, not because, like, I'm afraid of flying, just because airports and people are disgusting. If you don't wear socks to the airport knowing you are going to have to take off your shoes at the security checkpoint, you are fucking vile. Right. And I saw at least 20 people rocking sandals with no shoes. See, now, this, this, I mean, I don't want to talk down about people that smoke a load of weed, but this, to me, just stinks of weed smokers. You are absolutely correct in what you say. I've always got a thing about people that don't wear shoes anyway. I, there was... um. It was several parts. I think it was on HBO. Um, 
but it was a documentary on Rick Rubin talking about all these people that he worked with. But there was a bit near the start where he went into great detail about how he never wears anything on his feet because he has to feel at one with the earth and gave right, some right. bullshit, really hippie explanation about how, you know, you can only really be true to yourself if you got nothing between your feet and, uh, you know, and, and Mother Nature. This was about 10 minutes into a documentary that potentially I could have found really uh, intriguing because, you know, he's worked with some of the best artists and some of my favorite artists of all time. And just on the foot thing, I went, fuck this, I can't be bothered with this. I'm saying, <laughs> I don't want to know. You've turned me off because I don't, here's another one. Florence and the Machine. You know her, yeah. right? She always performs with nothing on her feet, right? Gross. Now, if you are in the ballet and you're playing at the same venue over and over again, I understand that you have to keep your feet bare. That makes sense to me. But there was one time I saw her playing Reading Festival, right? I yeah, in the UK, it'd been pissing down with rain all day and she's on that stage with nothing on her feet. And I was just... Oh, I think I, I mean I wanted to leave anyway, but I think I, I feel like. I feel, <laughs> Why am I listening to this? I feel like, not wearing shoes, gross. Yeah, 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 and I know, and she was singing and performing well. I mean, I do, I you know, I, I like I Florence and the Machine for what, yeah, for what she does. But I was suddenly what she was doing on stage was suddenly irrelevant in my head. I'm watching her and I'm thinking. She's been in a porta potty backstage with nothing on her feet. Like this is just, oh, no. this is just great. And the connotations to people. I've had friends round to this apartment. I've got a balcony in this apartment, right? Okay. And they might go out onto the balcony and they'll be wearing nothing on their feet in the apartment. I'm fine. We've got wooden floors. Yeah. Clear, right? I'm like, don't you even think about walking onto my balcony with nothing on your feet and coming back in here and traipsing around on my wooden floors, even if you're out there for two seconds. Right, no. Dirty. Outside and inside do not mix. They are different. So... These fucking stoners are parading through the security check where you have to take your feet on Rick Rubining it up. I will, in defense of them, I, you know, looking at me, I'm not exactly the most not, I'm not exactly the cleanest person ever. You know, I can be a little bit disgusting myself sometimes. Easily my single most disgusting moment, admittedly myself, even I find this to be disgusting. I was in New Orleans for a bachelor party for a friend and uh, at one point I got separated from the group. I was pretty hammered at that moment. I went back to the hotel to find them and they weren't in there. So I figured, okay, they're back at the bar, whatever. I went outside to smoke a cigarette thinking I was just, you know, ending my night. So I went downstairs in shorts, a tank top, and just socks on because I was blackout drunk and wasn't thinking, let me put shoes on while I go smoke a cigarette. But then I saw more drunk people and realized New Orleans doesn't close at 2 a.m. So I then walked back out and went through Bourbon Street for another three hours without shoes, just in socks. <laughs> but at least there were socks. There were socks. You weren't so blackout drunk that you were going to do it with nothing on your feet. Right, socks. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah. vile. Right, exactly. And so people are going through the airport with no fucking shoes on their feet. Yeah, ugh. Not only that, okay, other weird things people oh, do. We haven't finished yeah, yet. No, I'm sorry. Cock talk's coming. Cock There's cock a cock, cock, cock talk segment. Stand by, everybody. I saw a lady. Oh, adult woman sitting by herself. There's many food options in the airport. She's eating a ring pop. What kind of adult eats a ring? She's so desperate for a ring on her finger that she's still eating candy at 40-something years old. There has to be better candy options than a ring pop. But again, I think this is just stoner culture. Is that just not the munchies? Like, anything that'll do. You're so, you're, you're, you're so hungry. Bar, some Swedish fish. There's way better options than a ring well, pop. Well, I don't think, you, as a stoner, you're not doing a great advertisement for stoners, because all I'm taking from this segment is that they're misbehaving upstairs and downstairs. They're putting shit in their mouth because they've got the munchies, and they're not looking after their cleanliness downstairs because they're parading around the airport with nothing on their feet. Who would have thought that I was the most responsible stoner? in the Denver airport. Well, this is what happens when you put weed in everything. <laughs> and, and I'll be back with the next segment on OAN, which is called Cock Talk, <laughs> after this break. See, you've turned me into even more conservative than I am naturally. I'm sorry. I, I don't really normally have a problem with weed and stoners, and everything you've told me about going to the epicenter of weed and stoners is making me go, ugh, ugh. Well, I have one more thing that's going to get you oh, upset about and another stoners. Thing. So... On the actual plane, the flight attendant, the one who's making the, met, the the announcements over the speaker, she decided, you know, when we're leaving to sing her announcements. And it was annoying, but, you know, for one little thing, like, ha-ha, that's different, it's entertaining. For some reason, the plane 
like everyone, all the passengers started applauding when she was done. Um, and this gave her inspiration to now sing all of her announcements for the rest of of the flight. Oh at, my at god. At one point, the two people sitting next to me were like, oh, this is so different. She's really good. Oh my she was god. not good. She was terrible. And of course, all the all the all the uh, all the gay people working on the flight were like, oh great, show tunes! <laughs> I, I, quit singing. This is a life or death situation. What's going on? What's she gonna do if the plane is going down? We're going down, you're all gonna die. I would uh, I would get on that airline's website and send them a very stern review. That's that's absolutely uncalled for so now i land i'm so upset i'm just ready to be done with it my flight was delayed i got home later than expected some bitch I'm has been so, singing some, bitch some been other singing. bitch didn't have shoes on one lady some was other bitch was in <laughs> women am i right <laughs> <laughs> so now so now i i get it my bag i get in the uber all i want i you know i'm normally a very talkative person if you couldn't tell I normally chat up my Uber drivers like crazy. On the way to the airport from Dallas, we were having a good, funny talk about women drivers. It was delightful. Right. On the way back, though, I just want silence. And the person who picked me up just wanted to tell me about how much he loves flying because he's a former flight attendant that's currently training to become a pilot. So now we have more pilot airplane talk did you say did, 20 minutes. did you say to him can you sing because apparently that's a requirement i will say this the best part of the conversation i found this very entertaining kind of weird from an uber driver though so you know he's complaining like how you know telling me about the interview process and he's like how am i gonna uh, move up in this industry what do i have to do and at one point he screams out Whose cock do I have to suck to get a promotion? Now, I don't want to stereotype. This guy was a little bit flamboyant. So for me, I laughed it up. I was like, hell yeah, brother, you suck that cock. Suck it dry. You get that promotion. But at no point in the drive did anything I say make me come off as like, hell yeah, man. I'm from Texas, but I love hearing about sucking cock. Who does that to their <laughs> Uber passenger? Who screams out their need to suck cock while driving me back home? Does he listen to the podcast? Perhaps he wants to be on Cocktail. Oh, I gave him the link. I, th <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've just neatly segued into Cocktail via your Uber driver. I told you I would wrap it up and get right to where you wanted that, to discuss. That, it, it, uh, well, you know, I'm sorry you had such a rough ride with the service industry. No one needs singing airline staff. No. No one needs cock-talking Uber drivers. Also, I love cock-talk. Not at that time of night <laughs> after all the flying and traveling. You should have said to him, it's a bit late on a Sunday for cock. One for me. nipple chat, fine. <laughs> a butthole discussion, maybe. Also, cock talk is too much. I find it, um, I mean, you know, I know people drive Uber as, uh, to supplement their income, and I, I've met a lot of Uber drivers that are, you know, designers and stuff like that, people that do creative industries and such like. Um, is it bad of me to, to think. If you're at the stage where you're training to be a pilot, because a pilot is such a highly paid, highly skilled yeah. job, and you still have to drive Uber in, in the meantime? I for sure thought that he was bullshitting me, Ravak, because I'm like, there's no way a pilot's driving Uber. But right. he knew so much about it and like was describing the train. I think what happened was, from what he told me, he got furloughed. He sucked the, the wrong cock. <laughs> he got furloughed at the start of quarantine. And d even though he was still getting all the benefits from the airline industry that he, or company that he works for, they then paid for him to also do the training school, which I guess he's moved up quickly through from what he told me. And now he's helping to train other people. Right. Get their, but it's besides the point. I was done talking about planes. I was also done talking about cock. I do that enough. There's a, yeah, twice a week on yeah. this podcast. <laughs> Um, wow, that is a uh, that kind of gives you like the sorry state of uh, air travel when someone who, according to him, is this close to being a pilot and he's driving. How is he driving, by the way? It was decent. Uh, apparently, the guy knows how to operate machinery. <laughs> I would love to see him behind the forklift. It's very uh, yeah. I mean, I here comes a name drop. Um, the one time that Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden took me flying. Did you hear that name drop? Bloop. In in his uh, private plane. He was training to become an airline pilot, right? Because uh, being a celebrity who learned how to fly and owning a plane wasn't good enough for Iron Maiden's lead singer. He went, well, John Travolta does that. I've got to go one right, better, right? right? So, and he did genuinely 
Because it's one thing to obviously train to learn how to fly a plane and be able to fly one of those little aircraft, but it's a whole other level to become a commercial airline pilot. You yeah, need yeah. way, way, it takes way, a lot way, of work, way, a lot of hours. Um, the time at which he took me flying in his private plane, he was studying uh, to become the airline pilot. And I remember um, hanging out in this apartment before we went to the airport, um, and he threw like the manual at me that he was studying. Uh, it was the th- put it this way thicker than any cock that pilot is gonna say it was so impossible I mean, I mean that i was like this is huge yeah. um so uh, you know the amount of uh, skill and training and education that you need to be able to uh to fly a plane is is pretty extraordinary um well, if you're ever on a plane and you hear the pilot come over the speaker and just be like, whose cock do I have to suck to land this plane? You'll know my Uber driver made it to the final to the final position. He did it. All right, good stuff. Um, right, yeah. Well, my segment for Cock Talk was there's an update on the Megadeth bassist Dave Ellison. A few episodes ago, we were telling you that uh, he suffered the unfortunate embarrassment of having some uh, sex videos released. Uh, It was first speculated that he was grooming an underage fan and all this kind of stuff. That was disproved. Uh, But uh, basically, um, something that was initiated by someone who was a Megadeth fan uh, was that their bass player was on camera sending various videos to a 19-year-old Megadeth fan uh, during which time he is pleasuring himself and finishing. And there is a whole compendium of these videos. Originally, because I know Dave Ellison, he lives in Phoenix where I used to live, we would hang out from time to time. Um, I I was reading the story going, oh, you stupid idiot. And then one of my friends said to me, oh, there's a link, do you want to see? And I said, no. No, but she still sent me the link anyway <laughs> and then I had to look of course and then and I mean and there and you know it was very very embarrassing and Megadeth at the time issued a statement saying that they were going to monitor the situation they issued a statement earlier on today saying that um Dave Ellison is no longer in the band well I so, mean so they did an internal investigation and found he was a bit creepy <laughs> yes, I think they basically... <laughs> That's like the, the publication version. That is the, that is the gist of the situation. Now, of course, you know, me being a big uh, metal fan and, uh, you know, and a fan of Megadeth, and I know both Dave Ellison and Dave Mustaine, who's the, the, the main man in Megadeth. I mean, Megadeth is very much Dave Mustaine's um, band. I've been having text messages back and forth with various uh, friends who are also Megadeth fans, and there seems to be kind of like a split level of opinion on this because some people are going this is outrageous metal shouldn't be cowtail into council culture and blah 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 and i think to myself i don't think this is council culture i think it's just embarrassing if you are about to release an album and then go on a world tour with a bass player who's still got about 15 jizz videos on, <laughs> on, on 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 twitter you know what the problem is is guys love love getting tit pictures. Right. And they think the proper return in value is sending a dick picture. No girl wants to see... Dicks, for the most part, are kind of weird looking. Yeah. Like, they might not want it on uh, taking up the entire screen of their phone. So, I mean, I get the in the heat of the moment, but he has to know deep down... The person who he was sending that video to wasn't like, oh my god, I want to see this guy jerk off. Like, they want to do take it uh, personally, you know, like, show them your body or your personality or, you know, actually, like, spend time with them. Right, For the right. most part, they don't want to see you jerk off. But I think it's a step too far for the people that are jumping on the, oh my god, this is outrageous cancel culture. And you know me, I'm absolutely no fan of cancel culture. I think this is a case of... We can't spend 12 months going around the globe being ridiculed because we've got Jizz Jerker on base because that's going to be <laughs> the reaction. New, like, it kind of, name. it kind of, it kind of, that's his new band. Right, right. Jizz Jerker. It kind of damages the brand of Megadeth, you know? I mean, it's not, I mean, I don't, you don't want to go out there with the headlines that say Mega Wank. I, you know, I think he shouldn't be too worried. Um, I would set the over under for when he can return at two and a half years. Did you see Kevin Spacey? He's now off the list. He's already returning to to movies now. There's there's one person upset with all this, and it's Louis C.K. Louis C.K. is like the one man who 
a lot of people agree maybe wasn't the worst of the cancel culture right. Me Too movement. You know, a lot of people did worse things than him, but his was pretty bad as well. And he's like the only one besides Matt Lauer or the ones that are in jail who haven't returned. Yet. Well, I don't know. I mean, the thing is with Louis C.K. So there's, but there is, a, you know, the common theme is getting your dick out, right? Yeah. But the the thing is, is I think wasn't Louis C.K. accused of just having his cock out when people went at the room like they never asked for it? Well, I, I think- mean, he's only defensive because the thing with Dave Ellison from Megadeth was the woman the 19 year old has admitted that she wasn't groomed she was of age and she was encouraging it so he was he was basically giving her what he wanted now Louis C.K. I understand was just you'd walk into the room and he'd be like there it is I think it was more like he whoop there it is <laughs> that's what that song's about <laughs> yeah and, then, and the whoop was like shit I made a mistake I didn't realize it was hanging well, out I think his was that like he aggressively like Ask the women and kind of like coerce them into like feeling like it, they had to say yes because of his power. But that's besides the point. Right. Is Dave Ellison going to be in the Kevin Spacey team or is he going to be in the Louis C.K.? You well, have to remember, before Dave Chappelle's return, Louis C.K. was the de facto greatest comedian in the world. Mm. And now you don't hear a peep from this guy. No. So, you know, I think Dave Ellison has to be kind of fearful that. Yes, that could be his career. But then you look at Kevin Spacey, and if this movie's good, everyone's going to forget his creepiness. Do you think that uh, Dave Mustaine took a look at the videos and went, shit, it's bigger than mine. He's, he's got to go. <laughs> That's the internal investigation. It was him just being like, these videos are impressive. I don't, I can't have, I don't have the biggest cock in my... I told you it was quite sizable. I mean, that was the only thing. It was so embarrassing the, what he was doing. And the only thing where I'd be like, well, at least he's of a decent size. If I was to look at all the members of Megadeth and just without seeing what they look like in their pants, assume the size of each band member, I'd put Dave Mustaine at number three. <laughs> so the Kevin Spacey story to which you refer he's got a role in a movie which he hasn't had for quite some time I think the only movies he's been doing since he got Me too are the kind of weird creepy YouTube videos that he posts uh, every Christmas where he plays his character from <laughs> right, House of right. Cards <laughs> Sort of, so he's in character as Frank Underwood from House of Cards, but is referencing the scandals that Kevin Spacey, the real person, has gone through. It's real brain fart. And yeah, and and I'm like, I don't know that these are like the Christmas. This is not. It's the, not the Christmas spirit. No, it's not the. I mean, this is. I don't. I don't think like. Oh, it's Christmas. I must sit down to watch. It's a Wonderful Life. Um, Scrooge and Kevin Spacey's creepy video where he plays <laughs> Frank Underwood, sort of deflecting the sex abuse allegations. Hallmark isn't playing that this year. <laughs> not even on Lifetime. <laughs> They're like, I don't know if there's a role for you in this year's Debbie Gibson Christmas movie, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Skinamax, maybe. Ooh, okay, hold on, real quick when i was uh when i was in colorado one of the nights uh i was flipping through channels and they had hbo hbo2 and hbo family hbo and hbo2 standard movies on i flipped to hbo family they're showing full-on porn hbo family is wild in these days right that's supposed to be the one for kids is it i don't know i don't i get it was like 11 o'clock midnight, but there were titties all over the place. I loved it. Are you sure you weren't just really high? <laughs> well, I was, which is why I stayed on it for like 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Normally I'm only on for like five. The thing I get about th- that's uh, curious about this Kevin Spacey story is he's landed a role in a movie that's going to be made in uh, Europe, and, and, and I don't think it's one of the main roles, but it's a movie that has got a storyline about pedophilia in it. Because oh, wow. I know. So I don't know. <laughs> is that not like his thing? He's like embracing it. <laughs> so, hey, Kevin Spacey, maybe not something you want to embrace. Just saying. So here's the thing with Kevin Spacey. I think that um, now some of the allegations were very serious. Some of them haven't amounted to anything. He had genuine police investigations and they didn't, for one reason or another, pursue them any further. A lot of the allegations are basically him being a creepy old gay guy around young actors, like, of age, right. you know, making inappropriate comments, maybe doing inappropriate touching. And I don't know, I mean, I, I don't know the situation with Kevin Spacey, and this isn't a, a defense of him um, at all. I do know he was, uh, I forget the role that he had, but there's a, one of the oldest theaters in the world, the old Vic, very well 
thought of theatre in um, in London. He was uh, the creative director or something of that for a long time. I know people that used to work at the Old Vic in the bar and stuff like that, and none of them ever said that Kevin Spacey did anything terrible. Right. But did he get drunk in the bar? touching you know 21 year old bar stuff but slap yeah all that kind of stuff yeah so i think you know back in the day kevin spacey was basically behaving uh the like the kind of like creepy gay version of most 80s heterosexual rock stars he was right (laughs) like i'm not saying that it it was right to do this but he was behaving in in a gay way in the way that your heterosexual 1980s rock stars were were treating the 20 year old groupies that were around them he was like is what celebrities do. Yeah, I've I, read the books, and I think it was. I think I think it was. Now, the more serious stuff is a different matter, and I don't know whether anything is is going to come of that. But I feel like Kevin Spacey hasn't done himself any favors by the way that he's kind of just rebuffed all of it because it's kind of like. It's, it's like the sort of Marilyn Manson situation, but to a lesser extent, because he's become so famous for playing a really corrupt, creepy, awful person. Right. That when, and then when he goes into character, being that creepy, corrupt, awful person, but talking about the stuff in his real private life. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that does him any favors. It doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's kind of like when when one of Marilyn Manson's ex-assistants accuses him of cutting her with a Nazi knife, which is one of the most recent allegations, I think to myself... Well, he was on stage dressed as a Nazi on that one tour. You know he what I mean? He definitely had the knife. <laughs> right, yeah. It he went d- with the he costume. D- right, he definitely had the costume. <laughs> Can't deny that. You know what I mean? So with the, with the Kevin Spacey situation, I feel like I, I don't know what's true and what's not. I definitely think there was a lot of, uh, yes, untoward behavior going on, but stuff that was no more serious uh, than heterosexual 80s rock stars were doing, right. the sa- were doing the same thing back in the day. I just don't think he's handled the, you know, the, the, the situation because he seems to have been, I think he comes across as someone who's been very closeted, I don't mean sexually, but in his own sort of right. Hollywood world For where sure. he's like, you will not take down my end. But it's almost like, again, with the Marilyn Manson situation, Kevin Spacey to some extent has become Frank Underwood do you not think you know like where oh, Marilyn absolutely. where Marilyn Manson has become the kind of the character, character sure. on, on stage that's what I mean there's so many examples of that like of celebrity doing it to people but I think there's really this might not be the answer to save Kevin Spacey's career I think there's truly only one answer to save Kevin Spacey's career embrace it come on cock talk he can be our next segment on the Thursday's episode of Cock Talk, Kevin Spacey reviews Dave Mustaine's penis. Right. Oh, my God. We would blow up in the podcasting world if we just had a podcast where we show Kevin Spacey dick pics and he rates them. I told you last week about my favorite website as a child, RateMyPoo.com. <laughs> This could be the new version. This is Kevin Spacey's comeback. We won't do it because it will be, you know, we'll get taken down if we're showing genuine dick pics. What we'll do is... We'll put it on we, the dark web. No, we'll show him photos of famous bands fully dressed and he'll make the judgment call as to who's got the biggest dick. I love it. But once we blow up, we sell the podcast to Pornhub and then we just show dick. All right, it's well, a brilliant idea. One step at a time. As you said earlier, HBO Family was once just for families. Right. <laughs> Families are freaky these days. All right, we've got more to get to. I want to do a Song of the Week update. Uh, Last week, uh, the choices were Motorbike by Leon Bridges. That was New York producer's choice, 10% of the vote. Jeremy's 95 South by J. Cole, 11% of the vote. Uh, Well done to Don Broco, who win last week's Song of the Week with Manchester Super Red's number one fan coming in with 79% of the vote. Uh, We will have three new songs for you to choose for from, I should say, um, this week, uh, and we'll deal with that and uh, some other stuff that I want to get to in part two of today's Did You America? Oh, since my baby left me, me. I, I, I still don't get it. All right, let's do part two of Did You America? New songs of the week for you to vote for. Uh, you can vote at didyouamerica.com. Or you can check out the poll, which I'll have posted on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter. Uh, This week, I am choosing Mr. Bungle. It's Mike Patton from Faith No More's other band. Well, one of his other bands. 
Uh, they've just released the cover of Van Halen's Loss of Control. I'm going with Birdman and Lil Wayne returning, teaming up again, along with Roddy Rich, their new song, Stunner Man. And uh, New York producer choosing Stop Making This Hurt by Bleachers. So if you want to vote, uh, check out the poll on my Twitter at Ian Canfield or go to didyouamerica.com. By the way, didyouamerica.com, also the place you can go to uh, to check out any uh, prior episodes of this podcast. Or if you would like to uh, get one of our T-shirts, I think you can still use the code to get 20% off, Joan Jet. Joan Jet, one word, Jet with two Ts, because that's how Joan Jet spells Joan Jet. Uh, that offer for the T-shirts is still at didyouamerica.com. And uh, you can talk to us there as well. If you want to send us any messages, uh, by all means, do so. Uh, anyone who sends us a message which we are particularly entertained by will throw a free T-shirt your way, all right? So all of that can be achieved if you go to didyouamerica.com. And once again, the Song of the Week choices, Loss of Control by Mr. Bungle, Stunner Man by Birdman with Lil Wayne and Roddy Rich, and Stop Making This Hurt by bleachers um right uh, here's some news don't be going to north korea in your skinny jeans or with a mullet haircut because uh, lil fat kim has now just announced that that is illegal now i found this kind of weird you would think given all the other things he loves and generally how foreign countries get american uh pop culture way later that he would be the biggest fan of mullets and skinny jeans yes yes i would have thought that they were just about the 80s were about to happen in north korea but no i gotta say though making this law i think i love kim jong-un now like maybe some of his other policies are okay so he says that he uh he fears decadent western influence on the country's youth and, what does he uh, think basketball is? Well, I don't. I mean, when you say uh, the skinny jeans and mullets, I thought I was. Uh, is he scared Def Leppard are going to invade? <laughs> like, is that that's what I, that, that was what immediately came to they my have mind? That song Rocket, <laughs> right? <laughs> he's like, oh my god, and he's like, what about the one with the bionic arm? <laughs> Does he have a bionic arm? No. I was saying, I thought he just let it hang. He's like, he's like, little fat Kim's like, he can do magic tricks with his feet. He's playing, <laughs> he's playing the drums with his feet. This is a clear threat. The other thing is, as we learned from the Seth Rogen, James Franco movie, The Interview, he's more of a fan of Katy Perry than anything. So <laughs> I, I was very, uh, my sort of interest in uh, Lil Kim is, um, dissipated since Dennis Rodman stopped visiting. Also, when, I love the Lil' Kim nickname. How that hasn't been adopted is crazy. I mean, I, I used to call him Lil' Fat Kim, but then Me Too happened. I'm like, oh, don't, don't cancel me. <laughs> I was going to say, they're going to think you're talking about the real Lil' Kim, and then you're going to have some real trouble to worry about. <laughs> don't cancel me for calling a rotund North Korean dictator fat. I don't think he has a junior mafia. Um, I Yeah, but I was very interested back in those days because um, I, it was the, the romance of the century i the when when dennis rodman was going over there and uh, this was back when i was living in shitsville um even the uk who aren't i mean we they know dennis rodman but not as familiar with him as as the, as the u.s because right. obviously you know basketball isn't such a big thing uh, but he probably got more press dennis rodman in in shitsville for his uh little kim association than he ever did for for, for playing any sport and i have you ever seen you probably haven't because it's quite underground there is a, there are a series of comic books called Glenn and Henry Forever, and they depict Glenn Danzig and Henry Rollins in a homosexual relationship. Are you familiar? Are you familiar with I've these? I've never seen these, but I must look these up immediately. They're, they're, they are available. There's a, they they re, they issued them as comics, and then they did a book that was a compendium of all of the comics. Yeah, and it literally is. Glenn Danzig and Henry Rollins, if they were in a gay relationship living at home. Have they ever commented on it? Do yes. Do know it exists? Glenn Danzig hates it. <laughs> and, and like, Glenn Danzig hates it more than the members of the Misfits. And he really, and he, and he really hates them. Uh, but the Misfits he can get back together with and earn some money. I'm not sure that he earns money from the, from the comics. Um, Henry Rollins loves it. Of course, yeah. All right, and it's called 
Glenn and Henry forever. Now, in my mind, we could do a comic book version of Lil Kim and Dennis With forever, Dennis, yeah. right? Kim because and Kim and Dennis, it's it even sound right. Kim and Dennis either sounds like a great love story or again a great eighties pop duo. Have you ever seen the documentary that Dennis Rodman made when he went to North Korea to like do a basketball game? Uh, no, I, oh, I. You first of all, it's so funny because. For the first half of it, he's talking about how, like, oh, I'm sober now and I'm living this normal life. And then he gets blackout <laughs> drunk while in North Korea. At one point, he Marilyn Monroe style sings happy birthday to Kim Jong-un. Oh, I remember seeing footage of that. That was a press story uh, back in Shitsville. Yes, I remember he, he sang that. And I also remember, so I haven't, I must watch the documentary. I didn't realize there was a whole doc. I do remember it seemed like he went over sober and for some reason, because he'd been there many times before, hence we could have a comic book series right. from it. For some reason on this particular visit, when he actually got the team together to play basketball, which was his overall aim, for some reason on that one visit, it was in my mind, it was like it suddenly dawned on Dennis Rodman, fuck me, this place is terrifying, and Lil Kim is absolutely one of the most scary people ever. And then he just hit the vodka and just kept on drinking till he could get out of See, there. I think it's the opposite. I think that's why he didn't drink on the first few trips. He's like, I don't know what's going on here. Yes, I am crazy Dennis Rodman, but I'm also a normal human that understands circumstances, so I'm not going to risk it. And then he was like, oh my God, Kim Jong-un, my best friend. Let's get blackout together, brother. I love Dennis Rodman. Remember when the craziest thing about Dennis Rodman was like, Oh, he wore a dress to his wedding and he dyed his hair crazy colors. He, at the end of his career, was on the Mavs for like a week and he wouldn't play offense. He, When the team had the ball, he would sit on the other side of the court waiting to play defense. Now, I'm not an NBA player, but I am a fan. I can tell you that's not a good strategy when you only have four guys on offense. Right, 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 right. But now... Was he in the dugout with a big cigar as well? There he is no dugout cigars. in basketball. There's no dugout There's in basketball? Bench, he was pretty much smoking on the court uh, figuratively. <laughs> right. But going to North Korea just brought him to a whole new level. I saw it went viral uh, like a week or a few weeks ago. He did a cameo for someone that I guess was Russian, and in the middle of it, he praised is kind of Vladimir Putin. I guess he broke up with Kim Jong-un. He's like, I need a new dictator. <laughs> well, I mean, that's his dating profile, like into dictators <laughs> right. yeah. from far away places. He's thinking, I mean, Russia's got a lot of vodka. He likes the vodka. You know, that's he's on like, Tinder for dictators. Yeah, he's, got, he's set up the sort of Tinder profile and you know what you can do that you only see people that match your matches? Right. It just came up Putin. It was <laughs> like, it, this is who you're going to be into. So, um, but yeah, put that on our list of things to to do Kim and Dennis forever. Does. It's it's a spin-off of the uh do you think Kim, do you think Lil Fat Kim would come after us if we did a comic book spin-off depicting them as in a gay relationship? I, I know who's more scary. Lil Fat Kim coming after us or Glenn Danzig going after the people that did Glenn and Henry forever. Again, I get he was upset with the interview, but this now this is gonna be real art. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I, uh, I, I, as I said, uh, but you know, banning mullets and skinny jeans and such like is um, is quite entertaining. But we it's, did that years ago. But it's never been quite as entertaining since uh, Dennis stopped going. Kim and Dennis, man, get back, put the band back together. You know what? This could be a shot at Dennis. He is known to wear skinny jeans. I haven't seen him in a while, but he may be rocking a mullet these days. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> the breakup is getting real. <laughs> I want to do a quick bit uh, before we move on to some uh, listener feedback on uh, the situation that has emerged from Shitsville about the fact that this is the big news in the UK. It's almost like they've forgotten about COVID and the fact that the Indian variants there and half of Europe won't let UK fly to their countries like Germany have said, get the fuck out. You're not bringing your, your COVID here. What is COVID? <laughs> right. Um, the, the new headline news in the UK that they're up in arms about is that uh, Princess Diana did an interview on BBC television 26 years ago. What? And some documents that convinced her to give the interview were probably forged by the person employed by the BBC who did the interview. Yes. This sounds wild. And literally, it's just been news story after news story after news story. So quickly, a, a, a bit on this. Yes, 
It is bad journalistic conduct that the BBC forged some, um, I think they were accounts or credit card statements that made, basically they made it seem from these statements that they had that Princess Diana's world was definitely collapsing around her and that she was in a world of betrayal from the royal family and so she decided after seeing this fabricated evidence from the BBC, I'm going to do a tell-all interview and this was the famous interview where she said there were three people in the marriage because Prince Charles was chugging Camilla and all that kind of stuff, Do you right? feel that deja vu? So the thing is here, right, um... She didn't say anything in that interview that she wasn't thinking or wouldn't have said anyway, right? So yeah. yes, bad journalistic conduct that the BBC kind of uh, you know gave her gave her this 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 fake stuff. But there's nothing in the interview that she didn't believe. Um, and and I also find it kind of suspicious that 26 years later, suddenly this evidence has come out around the time that Harry can't get enough headlines for how terrible his life is because now he can go, you see, they were doing it to my mother, you see? Tune in to episode 28 of my podcast while I'll go into great detail about how I had to give up the palaces and now I only live in a 27 seven-bedroom house in Bel Air did, or something similar. Did Oprah do that interview too? <laughs> no, Oprah did an interview recently that's coming out on um, Apple TV where he talks about the fact that his childhood was so traumatic because of situations like this with his mother that when he was uh, in his 20s, he drank a lot and took drugs. Who the fuck didn't? I And I bet he got the best drugs because he's a royal. <laughs> How traumatic. He was the fat kid and now he's the good looking one. What a rough life. You know, I mean, I, I, again, Oprah never comes back with the hardball questions. When, um, when Harry and Yoko Ono were doing the first interview and accusing the royal family of being racist and all right. this kind of stuff, at no point did Yoko go, who said that? Who is the racist? During this interview, when he was going, oh God, it was so bad that in my 20s, I drank a lot. And took drugs. Yo, um, Oprah's comeback to that should have been, was that also what made you dress up like a Nazi and go to the party that one time? Remember <laughs> that? Remember she, that? She should have been like, cut the bullshit. Where's the red hair from? Who's your dad? That's another thing. <laughs> Imagine if it, this is what I would watch it if this was the cause for the interview. Oprah goes, was it uh, the traumatic childhood that also made you dress up like a Nazi that time you went to the party? And Harry went, no, 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 that was just my Marilyn Manson face. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta dress up like a Nazi. So now, right, now the BBC's bad conduct in forging some um, certificates, accounts, whatever it was that they did. Martin Bashir is the person who became famous for doing the interview. Now the Michael Jackson estate have seized upon this and gone, oh, Martin Bashir, around the same time, he also did a big expose on Michael Jackson that made him look like he was some pedophile freak. How dare he? This now... It was him. Right, literally, <laughs> Martin Bashir did this. So there was the big... Uh, Martin Bashir did the big uh, thing where he spent a period of time with Michael Jackson... And uh, that was a big documentary that uh, where Michael Jackson admitted that he slept with kids, but they didn't. Right, like nothing untoward happened. Sleepovers. Right, and then there were there were court cases that happened after that, which, to Michael Jackson's credit, he was found not guilty uh, of anything that was alleged there. But I don't think it's any kind of defence from the Jackson family that because Martin Bashir has admitted that he forged some paperwork to coerce Princess Diana into uh, literally speaking her mind, she didn't say anything she didn't think, that that then has a knock-on effect where you can go, oh, well, it was all Martin Bashir's doing. Michael Jackson clearly wasn't a fucking freak who slept with kids and had his entire Neverland ranch done out to be like Peter Pan's playground. No, that was the guy from the BBC. He clearly altered the video to make it appear like he had a petting zoo and carnival in his house. <laughs> right, exactly. So I, uh, so now everyone's jumping on the bandwagon, although I will say this. Um, I am all for the slamming of the BBC because they, I, I, again, I always say this because I know a lot of people in America listen. The BBC isn't a subscription service in Shitsville. It is an annual tax on you, and they've only just recently reduced the penalty. You used to, if the full force of the law was used against you, it was potential there was potential that you could go to jail if huh. you watched a BBC TV 
network or listen to them on the radio and didn't pay your license fee, which is about, I think where it is at the moment, if you converted it, it would be something like 230-ish dollars a year. You don't have, it's still a legal requirement. I don't think you can be jailed now, but you can be fined that you have to fund the BBC. And I'm not for getting rid of the BBC. If people want it, fine. But it should be a subscription service. I don't know if you've noticed BBC because it's like you're still stuck in the 1970s. But we have a number of subscription-based entertainment services now, and they make a lot of money. Even Metallica is somewhere like, yeah, I think people should be able to steal this and get it for free. Right, exactly. And the BBC used to be this hardcore left-wing socialist propaganda service, which they would still be now if it wasn't for the fact that there's been so much bad press on the BBC and they have so have gone so long without having to exist in the real world because they've been the most overfunded, overstaffed organisation ever, that now they're just scared to do anything in terms of challenging people in interviews and stuff like that. And they're just, they're just screwed up. This is where... The, the license fee gets you. It has enabled them to exist for decades and decades in their own fucked up world, completely removed from reality. And they have no idea how to exist in the real world when the real world lens is shone upon them. There was an investigation years ago into how legitimate all of this paperwork that was processed by the BBC was in order to get this... Um, uh, this uh, Princess Diana interview and they've now basically said oh yeah when we did the investigation because these allegations came up ages ago we kind of lied and said it was all fine it wasn't but anyway $230 to you for another 12 months of the BBC you just figured out how you personally are finally gonna take down the BBC I'm gonna help you right now from all this information we have officially learned the BBC killed Diana <laughs> Spread it around, people. You know what to do. The Queen is about to issue a statement saying, does this officially get me off of the right, allegation yeah. of... It wasn't me. I have no control over the BBC. The, wink, qu wink. the Queen is about to uh, post a TikTok video with it wasn't me playing in the background. The Queen likes only one version of the BBC, and it's... I'm not going there. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, BBC doesn't get you off the hook at all because you're a terrible fucking socialist propaganda service that has been a tax on the British people for far too long. In the subpar porn category. <laughs> and um, Michael Jackson's family, you're having a fucking laugh. I mean, even I, <laughs> even I can't deflect that onto the BBC. Right. Just let us here beat it and get on with it. All right, let's do a little bit of uh, listener feedback before we're done uh, for today. If you want to talk to us, by the way, digiamerica.com. If you click be on the show, you can actually send us a voice message. If you'd rather not hear your voice on the show, you can type us a message and uh, we will uh, read it um, once we receive it. Digiamerica.com if you would like to correspond or just send me a message on any of my uh, social media. I'm uh, available on uh, Twitter and Facebook and um Instagram. Um, Chad sent me a photo of uh, a NASCAR car from this weekend. A NASCAR car. A NAS NASCAR car. Well, this is kind I of. I think they're just called NASCAR. This is what I'm leading into because I it, it occurred to me NASCAR because it's so America Woo! should be something that I'm really into, and yeah. I've never really looked into it. The yeah, fact no. that I don't know whether I just say NASCAR or NASCAR car, it is a, I, I feel like I'm losing American brownie points. Give it six months, you'll never take a right turn again, brother. <laughs> That's a NASCAR joke. They only go left. He, uh, I know that. Oh, I see? do know that. You make a weed joke, I make a NASCAR joke. Um, Chad sent me a photo of a NASCAR. You got it, yep. Get, getting better it already. It sounds odd, but you're American now, That's going to be the new phrase, by the way, for the BBC and all their promos. BBC, getting better already. <laughs> um. <laughs> BBC, we're almost American. Um, this NASCAR had the A-Team logo on the back of it. Oh, that's wonderful. Was, uh, it, was it not a, it, like a... It wasn't like a van version. No. Can you have vans in NASCAR? Well, I think they have... Oh, you know what? Those are a different type of... They have like a pickup series. I don't know. Oh. 
what else was on the car? Was it just like, was it totally done up in the 80s? No, 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 back? no. It was just on the side. So it had other stuff on the car, but they put, and it didn't just say the A-Team. It, it said the A-Team, but in, in the logo. Right, right. And um, so I just, uh, Chad sent me this photo and I put it on my social media and just with the, now I'm a NASCAR fan <laughs> message. And people responded with like, where the fuck have you been? NASCAR is so you. Oh, absolutely. Like, Plus it, now you're in if, I, if I explained the BBC to anyone in a NASCAR, they'd be like, let's shut those communists down. Hey, <laughs> but you mean they're just wasting gasoline with races? <laughs> so yeah, should I, what, what do I do about getting into NASCAR? Like how I mean, do we- hey, how do we, we got Texas Motor Speedway here in DFW. We'll get you there. Well, there was actually just a race there, I think last week. I wonder if this that's weekend. where the A-team were racing. It could be. It was all the A-team. That's who runs NASCAR, the A-team. In other uh, listener feedback of things I love in unlikely places, and this is more strange than the A-team suddenly being a NASCAR, Chris sent me a photo of Lemmy from Motorhead, who is now available as a garden gnome. What? It's also this. Uh, I know what I'm getting you for your birthday. It's the most amazing thing. So imagine Lemmy in gnome form. He's sticking his finger up like oh, he always great. did to the camera. He's got a little <laughs> cigarette, right? And he's and it's Lemmy the gnome. And if ever there was proof of what Lemmy always said about the fact that you're way more successful when you're dead, right? It's available on a website called adorablen.com everything about this website is about as far removed from from Moahead as it's possible to be I can't help but think somehow Gene Simmons is behind this <laughs> like adorablen.com I didn't go through all of their merchandise but it's absolutely 100% the car I bet they've got every one of the golden girls in gnome form right <laughs> but, but actually that speaks to this point I was once in uh, one of those kind of record store come kitsch type places where they were uh, marketing the fact that adult coloring books are now a thing and right. sure enough golden girls coloring book next to a lemmy coloring book apparently they go like they go together like peanut butter and jelly i mean i thought that i was very unique in being someone who uh, i i don't love the golden i like the golden girls i love motorhead but i apparently this is now common i mean i to put it this way there's enough room on my balcony for each of the golden girls and lemmy in gnome form i think i just figured out the solution for you you know how if you listen to pink floyd with uh wizard of oz they like go perfectly yeah, 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 together yeah. i think if you listen to motorhead while watching an episode of the golden girls you'll see that they just fit perfect there has to be something behind why you keep seeing these products together i think we give it a try put on ace of spades in season one if only uh yeah if only lemmy was alive we could run that theory past him and he'd go oh yeah the whole of ace of spades is written about the george clooney episode of the golden girls <laughs> I just watched it thinking that the one from Texas was going to get her tits out. <laughs> he was very disappointed when she did it. <laughs> Nonetheless, it created a great album. And I say, hey, Lem, did you ever see the episode of Street Hawk with George Clooney? He went, no, do you think I'm a fucking freak? <laughs> I only watch old lady-based sitcoms. <laughs> Anyway, Lemmy and Garden Gnome form. Wonderful. I'm into it. And uh, the Swedish Lib has been back on. Um, uh -oh. the, well, no, it's okay. I think we're good with the Swedish Lib now since I retracted my statement that Keith Richards had his blood changed in um, Sweden, which is an urban myth. He's always denied that that's the case. And the Swedish Lib said, I think you'll find it Switzerland, which was absolutely true. Uh, um, we were surprised that we had... Um, uh, a listener in Sweden, but uh, the Swedish Lib has been back on saying you have listeners all over the world, or at least one in Sweden. I've listened to you on uh, various radio shows and podcasts, and the Swedish Lib adds, all hail Paul Diano and women in uniform. Paul Diano, Iron Maiden's original lead singer who only I remember and care about. Women in uniform, Iron Maiden's only single that was a cover version of another band. Again, a song that I think probably only me. I, if I asked Steve Harris from Iron Maiden about women in uniform, he'd be like, I don't, it doesn't ring a bell. I'm just, I'm kind of scared that the Swedish Lib said that we have listeners all over the world. You don't think North Korea is, North Korea is going to hear this, do you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kim Jong-un is like... Kim Did they just hack us? Kim What's going on my computer? Kim and Dennis forever. <laughs> with this, we'll do it in comic book form, turn it into a thing on Adult Swim, and the soundtrack will be Rocket by Def Leppard. <laughs> Perfect. Right? And when Def Leppard go play in North Korea, 
The drummer actually does put a fake arm on, but it's actually just to, to hide some sort of military weapon that right, he's got right. up there. Again, this is just like the interview. That's how we're going to kill Kim Jong-un. <laughs> we'll have a bazooka loaded into his fake arm. <laughs> anyway, if you want to talk to us, uh, you can do. Uh, we are available at didyouamerica.com. As I said, if you want to be on the show, you can click be on the show and leave us a voice message. If you click message us, you can type us a message or you can talk to me at any of the uh, social media platforms, uh, Ian Camfield on Facebook or Twitter, Camfield off the radio. If you want to uh, jump on Instagram and talk to us there and uh, didyouamerica.com or Twitter is also the place where you can vote for song of the week. Right. We had a ton of other stuff to get to, but there was a lot of cock to get in today. Uh, cock talk. All Sometimes day, if you've got a lot of cock to get in, it takes some time. <laughs> Pun intended. <sighs> but I think I'm all out of cock jokes for today. So we should probably sign off. I guess. Yeah. All right. Glenn and Henry forever. Kim and Dennis forever. Let's do it. We've got projects to work on before we return with another podcast on Thursday, assuming that little fat Kim hasn't killed us. <laughs> Let's hope not.